Welcome to Beyond the Tools, the podcast that helps contractors attract more leads, grow their business, and finally get off the tools. In each episode, you'll discover marketing tactics that work. You'll get actionable insights from other successful contractors and connect with experts to help you grow. I'm your host, Crystal Hobbs, owner of a social media agency that helps contractors attract and convert more leads. Get ready to take your business to the next level so you can finally enjoy the fruits of your hard labor. Ready? Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Tools. And do I have a fantastic interview for you guys today. Today's guest is Chad Peterman, the president and CEO of Peterman Brothers Heating, Plumbing, and Electric. Along with his brother, Tyler, they've grown the company to over 325 team members serving six different locations. They've won multiple awards, but one of the most notable is that they've been on IndyStar's top workplaces list five times in a row, which is pretty incredible. Chad is very passionate about sharing his message that growing your people will ultimately grow your company. And that is the major theme of today's interview. In fact, Chad is so passionate about this that he even wrote a book on it called Can't Stop the Growth, How to Build a Culture That Takes Care of Your Customers. And he's also the host of a weekly podcast, Can't Stop the Growth. In our interview today, Chad talks about the specifics of how they attract and retain employees, and he shares his somewhat controversial take that the labor shortage doesn't actually matter. And if you think it matters, that's probably what's going to be your downfall when it comes to your company's success. So you definitely want to listen to this episode. Let's get right to it. I'm thrilled to introduce today's guest, Chad Peterman. Welcome to the show, Chad. Thanks, Crystal. Appreciate you having me. So I know a big key philosophy for you as a leader and as a business owner is caring about your employees and you even wrote a book about it. So at this point, you guys have grown dramatically over the last few years. You have six locations, 325 employees. How are you keeping your people happy and how are you showing them that you care? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of that comes down to a very simple philosophy of action and effort. Oftentimes, I feel like culture, which we work very hard to create here in the company, is put some cool games in the break room or, you know, hey, we'll have this cool benefit or, you know, whatever it may be. And and really, I, I think a lot of people miss the point. Those things are important. However, the actions that you take each and every day, I think are even more important. And so we really view it from the lens of, you know, our most important customer is our employee. And I have no problem saying that even to our customers, because I would hope that our customers would want our employees to be our number one customer. Because if they're our number one customer, when they come out to their home, they're going to do a fantastic job because they're bought into the culture of the company. They want to take care of the customer. They want to do a great job. They want to you know, not leave until the issue is fixed. All of those things, I, I think, really boil down to, to those actions 
uh, that you take? Is it, you know, patting a guy on the back? Is it, you know, telling somebody in the call center they're doing a fantastic job? Whatever it is, you as the leader have to be front and center when it comes to promoting those actions, doing those actions, and really just making them a part of the fabric of your company where people are always assisting each other with a positive attitude and a positive outlook on the future. Yeah, absolutely. And what are some of the things that you have in place to ensure that that's kind of brought down through the organization? Like, I mean, tactically, like, how are you meeting with employees? How are you making sure they're on the right path? What does some of that stuff look like? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think that's a fantastic uh, place to kind of hopefully help some listeners if these are things they want to implement. But, you know, for me, I enjoy reading and learning and all of that stuff. And I really made a commitment uh, probably about three years ago now. Anything that I was learning or, you know, coming across, I was going to share that with our people. And so I do that. I speak every other Friday at 6 a.m. This morning, I was actually speaking before this podcast, actually. And those things, um, when we talk about care, are things that I share on my philosophy on leadership. And so this morning was all about attitude and how taking a positive attitude in any situation will allow you to see it as not a challenge, but rather an opportunity. And so that's one of the things that I do. I also am a big believer in thank you notes. So I have a a personal challenge where I write four thank you notes a morning to people on our team uh, that are doing a good job or just new to the team or, you know, just I saw them do something and I really liked it. A mentor of mine taught me that practice and I've carried it on my life for probably about two, two and a half years now, ever since she told me. And it's amazing what kind of impact a 10 minutes in the morning that I can reflect on how grateful I am to have them on our team. And to me, that's a, a small piece, but it goes a long way. Um, the other thing is, is uh, me as the leader talked about this this morning is I'm bringing a positive attitude every single day. So regardless of the challenge, regardless of what's going on, uh, I'm bringing a positive attitude because what I know about positive attitude is it's going, it is, I tell my daughter often, it's your superpower because uh, your attitude is going to direct the course of your life. And so we try to make that super apparent here, try to, you know, meet with individuals. Each manager is responsible for meeting individually with people on their team twice a month to do a one-on-one and to understand where they're struggling, where they need help, pat them on the back for something they did good, you know, talk about career path. All of those things I think are important when it comes to showing that you care about your people. Yeah, I love that. And I love the idea of the notes. I mean, you know, over 300 employees, you know, they don't get to talk to you every day necessarily. So to get a personalized note from one of the owners that their work is appreciated or something that they did was noticed, I think is a huge. So when it comes to the kind of nuts, nuts and bolts of your packages for employees, I know one of the things you talked about in the first chapter of your most recent book was the idea of a guaranteed 40. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and how that works? 
Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, I'm sure most struggle with, there's all kinds of different pay plans and this, that, and the other. It just so happened that this one fit our culture and uh, has worked out really well. But, you know, for our installation technicians who don't have the opportunity to earn, you know, spiffs and bonuses and different things like that, like our service technicians do, or our salespeople do, what we found was important to them was knowing that they had work. And as a lot of our installers, they are truly the artisans of our industry. Uh, the abilities that they have are, are truly remarkable. However, they sometimes can't control the workflow uh, that uh, you know keeps them able to you know take care of their families and pay their bills and do fun stuff and all of those things. So what we did is we said, well, what would it look like if we guaranteed our installation uh, technicians if we guaranteed them forty hours of work? Uh, so that they didn't have to worry about, oh, am I going to have a job on Friday because I really need that eight hours of pay in order to cover my electric bill, which is due on Monday. And so we really gave them, really took that burden off of them in telling them that, hey, so long as you're available and you're here on time and all of that stuff, I'm going to pay you for 40 hours. And uh, a lot of people say, well, isn't that going to crush your labor and this, that, and the other? And I'll tell you that it has not affected, if anything, our labor cost has went down in install uh, because guys are a little bit more efficient uh, on the backside of that is that because they're guaranteed 40 hours, if they can get a job done a little bit quicker, they're less likely to be out on the job. They'd rather be at home. Uh, and I want them at home. I don't want them you know, out there on a job longer than they have to be. I want them at home with their family and their kids and going to baseball games and doing all that fun stuff. And if we can take care of that and it's a little bit of a burden off of guys, to me, that's, uh, that's our responsibility um, as a company. Yeah. And I mean, it seems so basic, but what an impact that would make on even somebody's stress level that, you know, I'm guaranteed this work. I don't have to worry about where it's going to come from and, and I can relax. And I think that's the most basic but important way that you can show your techs that you care about them and, and their families. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'll talk to guys that will will interview and they'll be like, yeah, I'm only getting 16 hours a week over here. I'm like, how, how what? Uh, how are you like, I mean, I can do the math. It, there's not a whole lot coming in. And, uh, you know, if you're sitting at home, like, you know, your family life is probably not great if, if that's all you're able to bring in and, and you really have no control over that, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So obviously, having a company now of over 300 people, what you can do for your team is probably a lot more than when you started with the company as employee 21 or 22. So where did you start with caring when your team was smaller? Yeah, I actually think it's easier when it's smaller than when it's bigger. Uh, yeah, you may have some more resources, but it's harder to make it really impactful you know, so like nowadays when we have a Christmas party, it's like hosting a like a large wedding. So like we're having our holiday party in January. Well, each employee and their spouse, you know, trying to find a venue that can host 600 people, a little bit more difficult than when we used to have parties just in the back warehouse and, you know, a pitch in and all of that stuff. But yeah, I mean, what we started with care is, you know, giving guys gift cards around the holidays or you know, helping them out or giving them days off or, you know, PTO goes a long way, um, especially today. It's not always extra money or something like that. It, it may just be, hey, I'm going to go ahead and give you the day off and pay you for it. So go spend some time with your family. Yeah. 
And so, yeah, when we were smaller, it was just kind of, you know, it's a little bit easier, like, cause you saw everybody, right? I mean, now with multiple locations and different stuff like that, there's guys that, you know, I, I don't get to see on a daily basis. And so I don't like that, but it's just kind of part of it. So um, when we get together, we, we have a good time, but, you know, I think that, there's a lot of little things that you can do. We just have to get out of our own way as a leader because oftentimes leaders get discouraged when, you know, you may do something for someone and they don't say thank you or they didn't think, you know, they didn't like it as much as you thought they should or you didn't think that their appreciation level met the whatever you gave to them. And what I would tell most people is that you've got to get that out of your way because at the end of the day, why did you give it in the first place? Did you give it to be thanked for it? Or did you give it because you truly cared? If you truly care, then keep giving, keep helping your team out, keep you know pushing that ball forward because the minute that you stop doing it is the minute that you did it for the wrong reason. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So I know you started in the business uh, more doing like sales, marketing, learning the business. And a lot of our listeners maybe start that way or maybe they start on the tools and they're not necessarily natural leaders or it's not something that they've done before managing people. So I'm curious, Chad, if you kind of look back, what's one of the things that you struggled with as a new leader? That's a great question. So I would say one of the things that I struggled with was understanding that everyone is different and that's okay. And so it's very easy. And I, and I think that a lot of entrepreneurs are very similar and we get this notion that everybody should be like us and everybody should want to run as fast and work as hard and be in love with our company as much as we are. And I was kind of like that in the beginning. Like, I can't understand why they don't, they don't, you know, I just don't understand why they just don't get it. Like, why don't they want to do this? And why don't they want to do that? And it was coming to the understanding that no one's going to love this company as much as me. And that's okay. They shouldn't. If they did, it'd be really weird because, I, you know, as the owner, you kind of have some more vested interest in the company than right. said employee. So understanding that everybody's going to be a little bit different. We started, um, it's been a couple of years now, but, you know, we started doing a disc assessment. And what we learned from that was oftentimes when you take the results of a disc assessment away, everybody celebrates who they are and how terrible everybody else is because they're not like them. And so what I've tried to teach my team is that while we take it and it's okay to, you know, kind of wear your designation as a badge of honor. What we really have to understand is that because that is my badge of honor, I have to be very, very cautious about those things because those things are going to come off to others that are not like me very, very differently. And so yeah. As I learned to kind of deal with this uh, kind of identity, if you will, of understanding who I was and what parts of my personality were going to potentially, depending on who another person was, was going to you know set them off or confuse them or they weren't going to take direction well and adapting my style. And it's our job as leaders to bend in to the personalities of those that we lead and knowing that everybody's going to be a little bit different and that's okay. That's perfectly fine. Not everybody's going to be like you. If everybody was, well, as my wife tells me, 
this world would be a boring place because you are naturally boring. You're an introvert. You just want to hang out and read a book, you know, uh, where she wants to go out and talk to people and, you know, but that's why we work. So, yeah. I love that. Actually, our whole team has done disc assessments as well. And now I I find it fascinating. I think it's such a great tool as a leader, but I also find I analyze everyone I talk to now. I'm like, oh, where do you fit? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I guess, and I'm just curious for you. So what's your disc profile and how does that affect you as a leader? Yeah. So I'm a hard C. Yeah. So it's interesting. So the... They say the one that's, um, what is it, uh, across from you is the hardest to deal with. Well, my my wife is a high I. So, you know, opposites tracked, I guess. But yeah, so understanding that like my idea of fun is not her idea of fun. Like mm. she wants to go, you know, COVID about, you know, killed her because she couldn't go into the office and talk to all her people. And, you know, that that's who she is. She wants to be out. She wants to talk to people, network and socialize and all of that fun stuff. And uh but just understanding that that's okay. Like that's not like the end of the world. She's not wrong for wanting. That's just how she's wired and really embracing people for who they are. And then also at the same time, understanding how they can benefit the organization because they are really good at something that you're not. And it's going to take all different kinds to make this thing roll. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I'm a hard S. So I find that I like everybody to get along and feedback is very difficult for me. And I'm also like slower versus my account manager is a hard D and she's like, no, let's just do it. Let's go. So it's nice to have that balance in your team. So I know, Chad, that pretty well every business owner I'm talking to right now is talking about a labor shortage and how difficult it is to find employees and that people don't want to work. So I'm curious, what would you tell a business owner who's struggling to find workers right now? So what I would tell you is you're going to have a hard time finding workers if you think there's a labor shortage, because there isn't unfortunately. So we can blame the quote unquote labor shortage, but what I'm here to tell you is there's a lot of people out there. There are tons of people, all kinds of people out there. And it's really our duty in the trades to one, educate each other on the fact that there is no labor shortage. Yes, we have a shortage of skilled tradespeople, but the fascinating thing about what we do is we can teach others to do it. And so what we've done, uh, and we did about a year ago, is we created our own school. We created the Peterman Top Tech Academy, where we bring people from outside the industry into the industry. We train them for four months, and then we put them out in uh, their own van, and they are technicians. And so we'll have a class graduate here. This is, we're recording this end of November. We'll have a class graduate end of, uh, in two weeks. Uh, at the end of November. And they will go, we have 17 students uh, training right now. Um, They'll go out into the field. And what we have found is that there's a lot of people interested in our trade. They're just maybe scared that they don't have the technical ability. And so what we've done is we found really good people, people who are hungry, humble, and smart, and which are our virtues that we look for. And we said, hey, I'll train you on how to work on a furnace. I'll train you on how to change out a water heater. And so that's what we've done. We found people with super great attitudes that want to take care of people. And we've trained them on how to be technicians. You are not going to find your answer to your labor problem inside our industry. 
You're not going to because the people that are in, there's more people phasing out than there are coming in. So that's a losing recipe. So expand on the problem. Let's look outside the industry. Let's go find people who are working in warehouses, who are EMTs, who are, you know, at uh, hotels, uh, waiters, waitresses, all of these people. That's not to be mean and take them from other places, but we know that we can provide them a really, really, really good career. So let's go do it. Uh, Let's band together. Let's create these schools. Let's create these programs where we can build up our industry so that people are clamoring to get in. We need to create the reason they want to come in rather than complaining that no one's coming in. You know, why would they want to come in? We don't train them. You know, we just throw them out in a truck with Larry and hope that you learn something six years from now. Like it isn't happening. So stop complaining and let's do something about it. And so that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to be the, you know, the light of, hey, this is this can happen. We had a training session on how to start your own school a couple of weeks back. We had like eight companies in to, and we basically just gave them everything. And, you know, that's where we've been is just been open and honest with everybody out there on how we did it. We made some mistakes and we learned from others and, you know, we're changing things all the time, but, you know, you just got to get the ball rolling and then uh, you find some really, really great people. Wow. And I know you've said before, Chad, that recruitment is your favorite department. Can you walk us through how you go about the recruitment process? Yeah, we go at it uh, very aggressively. So while we have our own school and we are training, we are also recruiting job-ready people and people for all of our support roles as well. So technicians, obviously, there's an emphasis on those in, in the trades, but you know everybody needs call center people, accounting, dispatchers, and uh, you know support staff, management, all this, all this fun stuff. And um, so we have four full-time recruiters that just recruit. Uh, that's all they do day in, day out is recruit people. Because what I found out a couple of years ago is that our biggest problem was people, yet we had no one focused on solving this problem. We had Mm. managers, hey, I need another technician. Well, okay, go find one. If they're our most valuable resource, as we talked at the outset of this, why don't we have a whole department that's just focused on finding our most valuable resource? And the way that I looked at it, a lot of business owners in the trades will understand this. How much is a really good technician to you worth? Well, how much can they do out of their truck each year? Okay. Well, think about that number and then think about that number in comparison to what a customer is worth during that same time period. Would you rather get a technician or another customer? I'm going to side on technician. And so we have really just put uh, put all our eggs in the recruitment basket. Uh, we have interviews going on all the time. We have onboarding every other Monday where we're bringing in 10 to 15 people each and every Monday to start with our company. Uh, I would say that that is another piece of it is, is really crafting a really impactful onboarding program to where you're giving people all the tools because you can go out and find them. But if you set them up for failure, it doesn't result in, in a whole lot of good things. So uh, definitely uh, on the onboarding piece is to as a part of recruitment, like recruitment's not over once you get them in the door, like it's you're still recruiting because you're still they don't know you yet. And so you've still got to put on a good impression and, uh, you know, make sure that they're set up for success. Yeah, I think that's so crucial. We think so much about getting them in, but not what to do once they get there to make sure that they become ingrained in the company early on and that they are going to do the best work and have the best experience and stick around. Yeah, absolutely. 
Awesome. So, Chad, I know that this has been value-packed. There's so much that you've shared here that I think is going to make a major impact in the businesses of our listeners. Any last parting words of wisdom? What would you tell people in the home service business right now that are listening? Yeah, I, the, the one message that I, I would put out there, and, and I put it out there for the group that I was talking to this morning, is now is a perfect time to take ownership over your circumstance. So if you are struggling with finding technicians, if you are struggling with generating leads, if you are struggling with accounting or whatever it is you're struggling with, now is the time to take ownership. Whether it's you learn about it, whether you go find somebody who's an expert, you have the power in your hands. And it all starts with your superpower, which is your attitude. So stop blaming things, stop blaming circumstance, stop blaming the trade, stop blaming your people, take ownership over your life. And more importantly, as it relates to this podcast, take ownership over your company. You own it. So Go own it. Stop blaming others for why it's not working or why it's struggling or why you can't do this. Just go do it and take that attitude. And guess what? You'll attract others who want to do it with you. And that is what we have found is taking that attitude of it can be done and we will do it. People gravitate towards that and you will build a team that, uh, you know, will be able to take on the world. Amazing. Love that. So, Chad, how can our listeners learn more about you? How can they connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. So a couple different ways. Uh, if you want to reach out to me personally about any information, feel free. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. It's it's Chad M as in man, Peterman. You'll find me there, uh, always putting out stuff that I'm learning uh, on there. And then you can find us at our podcast, uh, Can't Stop the Growth, uh, where I we put all these, the talk that I was talking about this morning, we put it on our podcast, put interviews and all kinds of stuff on there. And then you can find my book at can'tstopthegrowth.com there where I talk about our entire philosophy on business and, and how we've grown uh, our company thus far. Okay, perfect. And we'll put all of those details in our show notes as well. So if you're listening, you can check it out there and, and get all the links to connect with Chad. Awesome. Well, this has been fantastic, Chad. I really appreciate your time and so glad that you could come on the show. Absolutely, Crystal. Really appreciate the uh, time. And uh, yeah, I've listened to quite a few episodes of yours and uh, you're doing some really fantastic stuff. So thanks for all your contributions to the uh, trades and uh, hopefully continuing to, uh, to lift it up and provide resources for those out there. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Beyond the Tools. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. I'd love if you could also share this episode with a fellow contractor who is ready to get off the tools and grow their business. And if you want more leads, sign up for our email list at reflectivemarketing.com, where we share weekly marketing insights that you can't get anywhere else. I'm Crystal Hobbs, and I hope you'll join me on the next episode of Beyond the Tools. See you next time.